You know I'm right. The podcast that uncovers the origin stories of some of the biggest names in sports, media, business, entertainment, and so much more. Nick Durst here, along with Joe Calabrese. And Joe, our guest today, I would say, is a really good man. I think he's a great man, too, but definitely a good man for sure. Uh, great intro, Nick. Uh, what we do here, again, is that we cover a lot of different topics, right? So uh, we cover stuff in the sports world, the entertainment world. And one thing in particular uh, that ties in a lot of what we specifically cover uh, are live events, right? So what better person uh, to have on to talk about live events and uh, his history and how he got there, uh, but definitely... Uh, unique guest here uh definitely a first timer for us but yes he is a good man and we're happy to have him on uh welcome the ceo of ticketsmarter.com jeff goodman to the show jeff welcome how are you doing today i'm doing great guys thanks for having me on i appreciate it jeff we're excited to have you on here learn a little bit more about the ticket business so obviously you didn't just wake up one day and you're in the ticket business it was decades long journey for you but what was the process like for you to ultimately get to Ticket Smarter and finding that and being the CEO. Yeah, definitely. It's not something I was thinking about back in back in college at that time. But uh, I've all I've always enjoyed live events. Uh, live events. Uh, I went to the University of Texas. I'm uh, hook them, hook them hordes. You bet. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm from Kansas City. We're, we're based in Kansas City. We went to school in Texas. But I'm a I'm a diehard Chiefs and Royals fan. And uh, so I've always enjoyed live events and concerts and sporting events. And uh, back in, I started out and I was a recruiter, actually. Um, I was in retail sales and then a recruiter uh, after that coming out of college and uh, in the recruiting field. And we uh, in 2010, when things were getting kind of tight with the economy and um, it had a downturn, uh, my wife and I were looking for something to do as a side business out of the house and uh, we had been selling tickets to the Royals and Chiefs and things like that, just locally on the side. And um, we uh, ultimately decided to uh, to start a, being a, bro a ticket broker at that time. And our first first event actually was uh, that really started um, Goody Tickets at the time. I, or, you know, based on the last name, was uh, if you remember the decision. Yes. If you're an NBA guy, the decision. So in 2010, uh, LeBron did uh, the decision and did the little show and everything. And I came into work the next day and I said, you know what? I think the first time he's going to have a heat uniform on is an exhibition game at the time at Sprint Center now, uh, formerly Sprint Center, now T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. And so I went online and sure enough, that, that was the case. And uh, but. I said, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go all in on this. And I had an American Express card and bought like seven thousand dollars worth of tickets to put on my credit card. And so really kind of jumped all in on it. And that was like a hundred tickets. And and that also rolled into using Craigslist to try to find people to buy them. And had a had an individual come uh, see me and say, Hey, can you help me with other events? And I said, What do you need? And she said, Well, I'm looking to go see Usher. And again, I knew I had an American Express card and they had like a pre-sale. And I said, you know what? I, I can get you a couple tickets in the, the front row um, with the meet and greet for $2,000. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, 
she said, I'll bring you $2,000 cash tomorrow. And so Goody Tickets was born. And, uh, and then we ran a number of private labeled websites that we drove traffic to online, uh, like ticketsonline.com and some other things that we own, but no real branding to them. And, uh, and then in 2019, uh, before the pandemic, we uh, launched ticketsmarter.com and we decided to go all in with that brand and really started trying to build a, uh, a reputation and credibility with fans because really that's all fans care about. They get what they paid for, that the ticket's going to work. They're going to get the seat that they, they, they wanted and they're paying a fair price. Uh, that's what people are looking for really ultimately. And in, in when they buy tickets. And uh, so we, uh, we started reaching out to find partnerships and our first partnership actually was the Rose bowl stadium, which was really cool because I, in 04 was at the Rose bowl against Michigan uh, when Texas won. And then in 05, it was the national championship. That's the against best football the, game ever in college. Vince best, Young. Vince Young. Taking down the uh, empire of USA. I love it. Yeah. Reggie Bush. Yeah. It was, it was basically a yard from being over and, uh, one of the best football games, uh, college football games or overall football games of, of all time. And uh, yeah, that, so that was really very sentimental for us. And um, and then we did a deal with ESPN events with uh, the Champions Classic and Jimmy V Classic. And that kind of opened the door for us in the college space. And so we have partnership with hundred, hundred, partnerships with hundreds of universities and conferences like the Big Ten and the, the current Pac-12 and as well as a number of bowl games and we've had the ticket smarter bowl the last several years in birmingham and uh we yeah, have you, joe and i cannot wait to come to the ticket smarter bowl <laughs> in birmingham and do some <laughs> video interviews for you it's going to be phenomenal I, I i appreciate that uh we do not have it on tap actually yet our, our agreement expired uh for this year but uh, we'll see how things play out for the rest of the year but we i love the city of birmingham and we've done a lot of uh work with uh, UAB and with Sanford there and with the Birmingham Barons and with the, the Bulls and Pelham. And uh, we, we've uh, had uh, like almost our second home from Kansas City and Birmingham. So we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, and we, you know, we sell tickets for 130,000 events, whether it's college sports or uh, someone going to see Taylor Swift or Beyonce or Adele to the circus, you, you name it. But uh, that gives you a little bit about kind of how we, how we started. And um, I, I don't want to leave out the fact that when we did start, we, one of the big things that my wife, Heather wanted to make sure that we did was be able to give back. And so that's extremely important to us. Uh, we partnered with St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, as well as the V Foundation. So we are focused on children's charities and being able to help and give back portions of proceeds to, uh, to uh, children's charities and uh, including uh, the Monday morning quarterback club in, uh, in Birmingham and, and give back there as well. So uh, I, I wanted to uh, definitely not make sure I didn't leave that out. Great stuff. Uh, so you are always on top of specific market trends. You have access to data. What tickets are always seem like the hardest to get and how does ticket smarter in particular combat uh, external issues that happen, say with bots or uh, other technological issues that may come up? A great question. And, you know, I think that uh, the, as far as what is um, hot or popular, it, it really depends on, you know, a lot of environment. It's really demand. It's a supply and demand thing. So for example, 
take uh, we'll look we'll look at this the last few months of things like take inter let's use it on the sports world let's use inter miami for a second so inter miami you know tickets are twenty dollars to get into a game they're in last place and then all of a sudden they had this announcement for messi that they're acquiring messi and his first match tickets were going for six hundred dollars just to get in the building for his first match on july 21st so it it completely flips everything when something like that happens and wherever now uh, Messi's going to play, whether it's at home for a match or when he goes on the road, it's now inflating prices. Uh, and that, that happens in the NFL. I mean, the chiefs now are, you know, they're the defending Super Bowl champions. So wherever they go, there's, there's demand. Um, the Cowboys and Packers have brands that continue to drive demand um, in those markets. Uh, from a bot perspective, that continues to be an issue for a lot of primary uh, marketplaces that have to continue to battle that aspect. But I think that uh, there have been measures put in place, whether it's verified fan with uh, uh, Ticketmaster or fan first with AXS, where they try to limit the amount of secondary tickets in the secondary market, which can have positive and negative effects. In general, it's doing what the artist uh, wants in, from the music side of things. They would prefer the tickets to be in the hands of someone that's attending, and that's what it does. Now, the remaining tickets that make it to the secondary market then become very inflated. That's using the Taylor Swift example. That's why her tickets were so expensive, have been so expensive uh, in this world tour where they started a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars. I tried, you know, me and my wife wanted to go to Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium. What well, I couldn't even get in into the portal to to buy. And it's too much money on the secondary market. I was saying maybe we can try to go to the Miami concert uh, next fall. I gotta check your website to see what the pricing is, but it's just crazy with these Taylor Swift tickets. I never seen anything like this before in my life, and it just. It's, it's the same as happening out with WrestleMania next year at, at uh, in Lincoln Financial Field at, at uh, with Philadelphia. The tickets are already sold out. They set their gate records because they're they're inflating the prices here. It's inflation. It, it, that's true. And the problem is, let's use Taylor. What do you want her to do? I mean, she's performing. She could perform twice as many dates, and that would be – it might take that much for her to get it done. The problem is there's only so many days in the year and there's only so many times she can perform right now when she performs six times at SoFi and she's selling, call it 50 to 60,000 per show. She's performing in a stadium instead of an arena just so she can accommodate the demand, but it's still not enough. And that's still inflating the prices. I mean, her prices from the box office, you know, were a hundred to a few hundred dollars, and she put those mostly in fans' hands. And that's why you only see, you know, a thousand tickets to a two thousand tickets per show for an entire stadium on the secondary market, which is very low. And so therefore it's creating and there's the demand is still there. It's creating this inflation. The only recommendation I could give you is go to Melbourne or Sydney because they have a uh, there's a uh, government regulation on resale of tickets to limit it to 10%. Mm. So if you happen to be probably cheaper, probably cheaper to fly there and buy the ticket than to buy it in the the United States. If you can get get there, tickets are starting only about three or $400 there. Hmm. So it's a lot, it's a lot less. Yeah. But um, yeah, so go ahead. It's it's, it's just crazy. So Jeff, in your opinion here, why are there insane processing fees and 
why you have to pay fees to print your own tickets or download them digitally. How does Ticketmaster and all these other sites get away with this? Because to me, it's it's just not. <laughs> I see a price. All right, let's say I want to go to a baseball game, $30 tickets. I just know right away I got to double that because it's going to be taxes and there's going to be handling and processing fees. I'm handling and processing my own tickets. I'm hitting download and putting on my phone. Why is this keep happening? We haven't to ever see a day where government or whoever puts a stop to this. Yeah, I do think so. We'll talk about the primary first before the secondary because they're two different issues, two different things. So on the primary side, yeah, I mean, Ticketmaster does have most of the marketplace. They have, you know, 70 plus percent share. Um, and the reality is, is that whether it's Ticketmaster Access, um, you know, tickets.com that that pretty much control, maybe Paculin because of the college space, that control most of the ticketing, there are pretty significant you know, fees that have been assigned, not only on the back, there's a back. So part of it is there's a back end fee that Ticketmaster is charging annually to the, the company, to the team or the rights holder of the venue that is a license fee per year. So that's part of it. And then to the fan. Yeah. I mean, it, it does get pretty crazy when you have a 20 or $25 ticket that has another 15 or $20 in fees um, you know, when we do our primary ticketing with we've got 50 plus properties that we've expanded to that where we're doing primary ticketing at racetracks and some minor league baseball teams and others, our fees are considerably lower. You're looking at like 5% and then maybe with the credit card processing and everything, you're still under 10%. So if you're buying a $50 ticket and there's $5 in fees, okay. You know, Nick, you're probably Joe, you're probably not complaining about that. It's when you have a $50 ticket and there's another $30 or $40 in fees, that's crazy. You know, there there is going to be something to actually make sure the ticket's delivered securely and process it, that there there is cost. Uh, on the on the secondary market, a lot of it relates to the advertising component, meaning um the pay-per-click model and to get on Google, which is really most people when they want to buy, when they want to buy tickets, they go online and they search for whatever they're going to. That is pretty much the dominant way people buy tickets. Now they go online and look up Taylor Swift tickets, or they go online and type in um, Alabama football tickets or Texas basketball tickets of these search results that come up in the first three of those paid ads and these companies like, yeah, I mean, us, but yeah, they pay, most of them are paying 10, $20 million a month Oof. for, for the, and they're passing that cost on the to best. the consumer. And that's why Perfect. like a StubHub started at a 10% consumer fee and now is at 32%, you know, and most of those secondary market, we're less, we're trying to keep a, a low overhead, a low profile and pass that savings on to the consumer, but it makes it harder for people to know who ticket smarter is. Right. But we've tried to SEO do, games. yeah, we've tried to do SEO to get us organically to the top and um, to do all these partnerships. I call it a grassroots approach with, yeah. you know, mid-level division one schools, D2, D3, NAIA, minor league baseball teams, anybody that we can partner with that we can do something economically and help promote their brand, but they'll help promote us so that when a fan is at a minor league baseball game, whether it's at the Monarchs or the Ogden Raptors or whoever we might work with, they'll say, oh, yeah, I want to go to see the Utah Jazz or the Kansas City Chiefs, whatever. 
oh, let me go check out Ticket Smarter. They they sponsor my alma mater. Yeah. Let me let me check them out. That's the way to do it. Jeff, last question here for us. So what would you say in your life or your career would be your you know I'm right moment? So that means a time or place where you wanted to pursue something, you asked somebody for advice, they said, don't do that. That's that's a terrible idea. It's not going to work out. You were like, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. And ultimately, you will see why it is that I'm right. Yeah, I really think that that was probably in 2012. In 2010, we we started this, you know, getting it. We were started in the ticket business, like I, I mentioned earlier. But I still kept my full time job. I uh, I would work uh, all day. Uh, my wife Heather would work on all the processing of any orders that we had during the day. At night, I would stay and work up till from you know six o'clock. I'd get home and then I'd work from six o'clock till three o'clock in the morning. I did that for two years. I'd work on like what we were going to buy and like the strategy side of it, and then she'd work on it during the day in the actual execution. And then in twelve, when the All Star Game. Uh, MLB All-Star Game was against City, it became too much. And it was really impeding on my day job. And so uh, my company at the time said, look, we can tell this is a problem. And so we think you should, you know, you need to make a decision. Either you're going to drop that side side hustle, side business, or, you know, you you need to leave. And so I we talked about it and we decided I could always go back to that industry if I wanted and be a recruiter. We're going to go all in with this. And we started out of our home. We went all in um, and investing in it ourselves and my wife and I. And then we started hiring people. They were coming to our house. And and it took until December of, of 2012 for us to say, OK, we need to get a lease, an actual building, a place where we can have office space. At that point, we had, I think, between my wife and I, plus I think five employees, four or five employees that were coming to the house every day. And finally we're like, we need to separate church and state here. We need a, we need an actual business yeah, where we can go. Right off for your office <laughs> space. Yeah. It was, that's true. But um, yeah, that, that really is what comes to mind. Awesome. Absolutely. Bet on yourself. It's a piece of advice here that we get the most when we ask this question at the end. So uh, Jeff, we appreciate your time. This is incredibly knowledgeable. Uh, Nick and I have always been looking to work and partner with somebody uh, like you in your industry. So uh, we'll continue funneling people, uh, promote Ticket Smarter whenever we can, uh, visit Thank the you. website, uh, very, very low processing fees and all that. So for anybody looking to go to events, go to TicketSmarter.com. Jeff, we thank you for your time again. And if there's anything else you would personally like to share or promote for yourself, uh, by all means, go ahead. We always give the last words to our guests. No, I, I really appreciate the time to be able to chat today. Again, our focus really is trying to make sure fans go to live events. I mean, during COVID was a very difficult time. Obviously, our revenue and really like the industry dropped like 95 from March 12th to 13th. Revenue dropped like 95 percent. And we, you know, we kept everybody employed and, you know, repurposed what they were going to do and kind of worked on trying to build up the brand during that downtime. But but I will say a lot of people asked during that time I did interviews and people, you know, were starting to do virtual events, which that's what artists had to do to make a living and try to connect with their fans. But a lot of people said, do you think that that'll go away completely, that live events will go away completely and that people will just play in empty stadiums? And I said, you know, and which can already be seen. Absolutely. No way. I mean, people have had live events going back to Shakespeare times, to the Coliseum. I mean, there is just something about being at a live event 
whether it's 20,000 people uh, singing every word of a Taylor Swift song, right? To, or, or in that case now, 50, 60,000 people singing to a Taylor Swift or 20,000 to an Elton John song or 300,000 people watching the Indy 500 together. Uh, it, there is, it's a shared experience that people like to have. Obviously, social distancing was the opposite of our business. Our business is designed to bring everybody together. So I appreciate you giving us uh, a little forum to, to talk to people. And I am al always will make myself available to talk about live events. Um, it's, uh, there, there's, it, there's nothing quite like it. And uh, I, I think for people, the average person goes to one to two events a year. But uh, if you can, if you can, spare some of your discretionary income to go to a live event, whether it be circus, monster trucks, a sporting event, or a concert, a Broadway musical, or you know, a show coming to your city, you should do it because uh, performers told you, and you, you, you can see interviews out there if you go back after COVID, they will tell you that's why they do it and completely it is how they uh, perform. They Whether it's a musical or the NBA, I know, uh, College basketball was virtually almost unwatchable when they were playing with empty arenas. They completely thrive on the energy of the fan. So it, it is a critical element to, uh, to live events. Live events are a critical element to the performers for concerts, as well as all these sporting events, even that have a fantastic TV product like the NFL and all of the, the college and pro sports, but they really really rely on that that fan so uh um if you can make it i uh, definitely try so th thanks again appreciate it all right jeff thank you so much everybody go check out ticket smarter and get your tickets there that's gonna do it here for this episode of you know i'm right for our very special guest jeff goodman for my co-host joe calabrese i'm nick durst and this has been you know how all right mm -hmm.